Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Some Coy Gibbs talk today on the show. Not an easy one to do, but a fun one to do in some ways, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. Thank you to the folks at Racetech. Pulp 2022 is a code to save with Racetech. Do your motor work. Get suspension work done there. Tell them you listen to Pulp. They'll give you a discount. Uh, oil changes, seals, bushings, spring rates, all of that. Uh, get your suspension working right with the folks at Racetech. Award-winning gold valves can get dropped right in. You'll be like my buddy Noof with the gold valves and uh, do really good things with your suspension. And they got motor work done as well. Listen to Tell me, listen to Pulp. They'll give you a discount. Thank you to Racetech, Racetech.com. And All Balls Racing as well. Whether it's the Pivot Works, whether it's uh, Hot Cams, whether it's uh, the Hot Rods, whether it's Vertex Pistons, All Balls Racing Group will have you covered uh, from your bike and all quality, high-quality OEM replacement OEM quality replacement parts, uh, really great stuff. I've used it in a lot of my uh, uh, rebuilds for project bikes. Works well, great prices, uh, f- tons of fitments, tons of uh, uh, vintage stuff as well available. So allballsracinggroup.com, you go there and you can see all the lines that they have. And uh, they certainly do a great job with those guys. So keep it in front of your mind if you're rebuilding your bike. Uh, all right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Thank you to the folks at Fly Racing, whether it's Justin Brayton, whether it's uh, the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna 250 squad of RJ Hampshire and the others. Uh, FlyRacing.com will have you covered. Their formula helmet is is amazing. The Rion technology is great. Uh, So please check out FlyRacing.com at Motorsport.com or at your local dealer. Head to toe. They'll have you covered. I've been wearing the Evo stuff with the BOA lately and uh, great adjustment, great fitting pant. And uh, yeah, I really, really love it. So please check it out. FlyRacing.com. And the Zone Pro goggle is something they've been pushing lately, and Brayton wore it to podiums. So, yeah, look into, into fly racing for your next set of gear. And, again, if you want to read about that Formula Helmet, go on their website, Rion Technology, Conehead EPS stuff, uh, really, really great. Carbon Shell, some of them have a Carbon Shell. Great prices, great protection, really safe helmet, super lightweight, really quiet. Fly racing, man. Check it out. Thanks to those guys. Also, thanks to the folks at Maxxis Tires, Maxxis.com, light truck tires, trailer tires, Mountain bike tires, and of course, Jeremy McGrath at the World Vets leading some laps on MXSTs. So please check those out. Maxis.com for more information on that. Renthal, grab life by the bars. I don't even know if that's their saying, but it works anyways. Renthal.com, Factory Kawasaki, Factory Honda, 
Red Bull KTM using Renthal. Great sprockets and chains, grips, bars. They have crossbarless bars, of course. They've got the 7 8 bar. They've got the twin wall bar. That twin wall bar changed a lot of things in the industry when it got dropped by everybody. So please check out Renthal. Super informative website over at Renthal.com. Dealer locator, bar bend uh, um, chart, and all of that. So please check out Renthal.com to learn more. I also have a carbon mountain bike bars from the folks at Renthal. they got stems and bars as well. Renthal.com. Made over there in the UK. More titles than all the other brands combined. And yeah, you know the name. You know the brand. Renthal.com. Thanks to those guys. Uh, Kobolinks, motorsport.com. We'll tell you more about later on in this podcast. But yeah, tough tough deal with the loss of uh, JGR MX's Coy Gibbs last weekend. Uh, I reposted a podcast, the last one we did together in this feed. And now I wanted to get some people that knew him better than I to talk about Coy and tell some stories. And Jason Wygant did on the Pulp MX show this past week. And here's a few more people talking about what it was like working for Coy and being around him and, and all the things that made him great. And uh, really happy to do this. And it's a tough one, man. I, I I love the guy. He was awesome. He was so funny. He was smart. Um, he was, uh, you know, I don't take things too seriously, as anybody who listens to my stuff knows, right? We're not curing cancer here, and we're just motorcycle racing, and, you know, everyone's trying to do the best they can do, et cetera, et cetera. And Coy was that way. He He never took things that seriously. He had a heart of gold. He knew this was just motorcycle racing. And next weekend was another race, and we'll we'll get him then, right? And I love the fact again that he he was pretty famous, and he came from a big deal, uh, Super Bowl winning coach, NASCAR winning coach, right? Uh, billions and billions of well, hundreds of millions of dollars, let's say. And uh, uh, he he didn't act like that, man. He was just one of us, and uh, it was he was a great guy. I'm gonna miss him a lot. I was just texting with him. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely bummed, but I think he would like us telling some stories. So let's do that, shall we? Thanks for listening. First up is Justin Brayton. Here we go. All right, first up on the uh, Coy Gibbs, uh, I guess, a Memorial podcast. That, 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 that sounds uh, sad as well, but uh, let's, let's not make it that, that sad today. Uh, a man who rode for Coy Gibbs and the JGR team for a number of times, twice as a matter of fact, and had some really good success. And uh, he's a friend of the show and uh, a guy that I have personally uh, laughed at Coy with many, many times in front of Coy and behind Coy, uh, Coy's back. It's Justin Brayton. What's up, JB? How are you? <laughs> What's up, Steve? Crazy to crazy to think he's gone, but it makes you reminisce on on so many of the good times, right? And you're right. We've had so many laughs with him and about him and at him all, all the above so. yeah he he was never a guy for the limelight right he was never a guy to be out front uh being like this is my team i'm the owner or whatever he he empowered jeremy albrecht he empowered his team uh and uh he seemed to love it behind the scenes just you know busting everybody's balls but um you were at a at a at a, at a point where uh um you know he really helped put you on the map a little bit yeah, for sure. So I got my first 450 ride with with JGR at the end of 2009. I remember it like yesterday flying. It was uh, before Unadilla weekend. I flew a red-eye flight with my agent to Charlotte, and I rode the JGR bike and uh, did a tour like a lot of us have with the NASCAR stuff. And just I, I was just blown away about the whole operation and, and everything. And then just about, yeah, you're right, Coy never – 
never talked about it really like he didn't really show it off it was kind of like he would sweep it under the rug but he he was like the dirt bike guy you know he yeah. wanted to to be that guy he didn't want to be the nascar guy or even a coach in in the nfl because he could have done that right like he and he did but he didn't want to pursue it he was a he was a dirt bike guy he was one of us yeah which was really yeah. cool yeah he really was uh what was he like as a as a boss? I mean, look, you you, you train hard, you work hard, uh, you know, you're you're putting your inter- everything into your program that you can be for the most part. So I don't imagine he was on you for any poor results or anything else. But what was he like as as a boss? You know, it took me a while to get to know him and his personality because I showed up and I was super motivated. I had came off some success in the 250 class. Mm-hmm. I had just won the final moto of the year in 450 motocross. I signed this deal with JGR. I go to Bercy. We win that in our first race. And I'm like, I'm just wanting to ride every day, train every day. And in North Carolina, it was raining a lot. So I was like frustrated. Like, I, I can't ride. I can't train. Like, come on, I need to do something. And he sat me down and he's like, what, what's the problem, man? Like, what's going on? And, <laughs> and you know, he had his theories, right? Oh, yeah, he and did. His theory was, <laughs> his theory was, I just need to train and lift weights and I don't really need to ride. Like you'll be fine. You, you've ridden your whole life. You, you'll be fine. And it was totally against what I had thought at the time because I'm like, for one, I don't want to lift a lot of weights, but you know, you remember trainer Tim, he was yeah. the trainer there. So we lifted a ton of weights and I got to be maybe the biggest I've ever been in my life. I was 183 pounds going into a one that year. And I'm just like, what, what is going on? So <laughs> But yeah. I wanted to buy into his system because I'm like, yeah. look, he's paying me a lot of money to be here. He's obviously seen a lot. And so I wanted to trust him. But then as, you know, I didn't really see eye to eye with him on, on things like that. But mm-hmm. then once we got to know each other, he, he gave me some free reign. And then I started cycling a lot. And then one day he pulled me aside and he, he thought I had jaundice because I was too skinny. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, hey, you need to go to the doctor. You've got jaundice. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? <laughs> I've only heard that like babies having jaundice, you know, <laughs> like I can tell by your skin color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just one of the many things I'd right, like Coy would, would say that you're just like, what? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was great. Yeah, he, you know, he's got the one. He, he could never be knocked out, he said. It's not possible to knock him out. Just not possible, oh, he told funny, us. Funny story about that is we're at the uh, JGR Christmas party one year, and he we would have the, the JGR one, it's like NASCAR and everything. There's a 1,000 people, you know? Yeah. And then we would have the motocross one. And the the JGR one, we're all dressed up, and Coy would never go. He never went <laughs> the whole – I was there four years. He would never went to the actual JGR Christmas party. Right, <laughs> but right. then he would have his knockoff one, and we yeah. went bowling one year, and they had a punching bag where you punch it and you get a score, right? Right, right. So Coy – we're like all bowling, and then all of a sudden we're like, where's Coy at? And Coy's over there just drilling this, this bag. <laughs> we're like, Coy. So then this other guy walks up, like big dude, kind of like Coy. And they start like competing, like Coy's just rearing back, boom, drilling the bag. And it's like, it goes up, you know, score. Yeah, some score, right, right. Yeah. And then the other guy would get up and we're like, oh my gosh, they're going head to head. So there's Coy Gibbs in a random bowling alley in Charlotte going head to head with a guy (laughs) punching this, like playing a game of. Who yeah. can punch the hardest? Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, it was uh, so funny. Did you did it ever trip you out when you were there when you went in the lounge and he was playing uh, uh, Call of Duty or, or Red Red Dead oh or whatever? Oh my gosh, that used to always be the strangest <laughs> thing. Is right? I'm like, Coy, did you even watch that practice? Like, <laughs> he's already back, already like 
you know, in deep playing playing whatever game he's playing. He he played so many video games. I just I thought that was funny. I was like, here's the owner of the team, Joe Gibbs kid, right? The epitome yeah. of a professional organization, and he's playing the video yeah. game in the lounge. You know? I know, I know. Uh, I think he got away okay. from that later on, though. I think he got away from that later on. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, one of the other things, so some of the guys in the shop would ride mountain bikes all the time. So they got Koi into mountain biking. So he rode mountain bikes a little bit. And when I came to the team, he always just had his mountain bike, like sitting in his office or in the shop somewhere. And I had never ridden mountain bikes a day in my life. And so I rode Koi's mountain bike the first time I ever rode. They're like, Hey, come, come ride. I'm like, I don't have a bike. I don't know where to get one. Koi's like, ride mine. Here it is. I don't ride it anymore. <laughs> so I, I always think of that now, or I've thought about it lately. I'm like, man, my first, and now I love it, right? We all love mountain biking, but mm-hmm. my first couple of rides was on Coy's Cannondale mountain bike he had just sitting in the shop. So yeah, he uh, yeah, he, he, like when Patty was on the team, he, he loved to oh yeah, yeah, he loved to talk about how Patty didn't have any degree. Nobody had any degrees. None of yeah. us had any. Pay, yeah. n- none of nobody in the media had a degree. None of us. <laughs> he always said that to you guys, huh? Always I saying that. Yeah. Always, yeah. always. Like, yeah. do you have a degree? Why? How? How could you do your job? You didn't. And then I would be like, "What did you do? You just got born to like a famous football coach. Like, what? What's yeah. your? What's yeah. your? What's your thing?" And then he uh, would, here's a here's yeah. a a good one too about the football thing. So I think it was uh, it had to be race day. Maybe it was setup day or something. Anyways, I walk in the truck and Frankie. And him are in a three-point stance, just drilling each other in the semi. <laughs> Frankie, Frankie gets a bloody nose, like they're full on. They're like, right, like linemen, you know, just bang, <laughs> just like if the people only knew, like what actually went yeah. on in this semi. Just it's just so funny. The, the stories are are just endless, and you know, it, I said it on Instagram, but yep. I had, you know, we go years without seeing him ride, or I'd maybe see him in passing just a couple minutes here and there. But we were out on a bike ride, and it was kind of starting to rain, and it was getting dark. And we rode by Coy's house. I'm like, hey, let, let's stop in. So we text him. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. So we stop in and chat for a while, and it's cool just to see him and reminisce, especially now, right? It's like, man, who would have ever thought that'd be the last time I seen him? And then, uh, Obviously, I'm a I'm a NASCAR fan yeah, and, yep. and have known Ty for a long time. And for him to win that championship, and then I was texting with Coy that Saturday night. Like it just seems crazy. I've looked at that text a hundred times. I'm just like, man, so so wild. And uh, yeah, life is precious, but we've all got some amazing stories. And he's touched so many people's lives. Like he absolutely changed my life. I know when people pass away, it's like, oh, they they were such good people and whatever. But literally, we could go on for hours and hours about mm-hmm. how he's changed people's lives and for the better. And, and he didn't have to, he was wealthy and he could have done yeah. whatever he, yeah. he wanted, but he wanted to be one of us and, and be a dirt bike guy. And he, you know, he didn't want to go to the NASCAR side. No, no. He, he would still have a motorcycle team if it was up to him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wrote that in my Instagram too. Like he comes from privilege, right? Like his dad is so yeah. famous and, and very wealthy and he, and he never acted like that. You'd never know it. You know, Weege and I were telling stories last night about him not telling people who he was, just doing things for people. You know, just yeah. just whatever he can. He, he he had a great heart, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't uh, he was just a normal guy, right? Just a dirt bike guy. Well, you said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. And his takes on some stuff were just <laughs> classic. I mean, one I one I remember all the time is stretching. He didn't believe in stretching, so I'd be in the gym like 
at the cup shop and he'd come by and he'd see me stretching like that's stupid what are you doing that you're gonna get hurt stretching makes you get hurt i didn't stretch for years and never pulled a muscle or something right right and then the eating i got food poisoning in indy in like 2014 and Mm -hmm. he's like told you you need to eat more burger king that crap you eat is junk (laughs) (laughs) your body's not tough enough yeah (laughs) oh just the yeah the things he would say and like sometimes he was mumbling he well he mumbled and you couldn't he mumbled all the time yeah you just couldn't understand what he was saying you're sometimes like especially on the phone it's like if i had a conversation with him on the phone i'm like ah I'm just going to come to the shop. I'll, I'll talk to you in a, in a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, there there yeah. was like uh, like you said, he's responsible for you living in North Carolina. You know what I mean? He's responsible totally, for you yeah. uh, meeting your wife yeah. and, and everything else. Like, yeah, just yeah. going there and everything else. Um, we spoke about this with Weege on the Pulp Show, and I might repeat myself a few times in this podcast. Uh, JB, you're the first guy I'm, I'm doing this with, but you know the 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 fill in ride with 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 Philip. Uh, hey, just kind of we're going to pay yeah. you, to just ride. Uh, the 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 team trainer uh, now it didn't work out. The guy was like you said he was trainer Tim was big into lifting weights, but he had a, Corey had some ideas for a motocross team, you know, based on football and based on NASCAR, and some of the stuff like was really ahead of its time. Looking looking back on it, you know, totally it was way ahead of its time. And and I've told a lot of people I think if you just tweak it a little bit, like trainer Tim was an awesome guy, but he wasn't the right guy, you know, Mm -hmm. um, he didn't know the sport that well. So if you get the right guy in there that knows the sport, um, also Charlotte, I always say you draw a line right through the middle of Charlotte and North of that, which is where the cup shop and the track was. It's really difficult for a couple months out of the year, for sure a month, like January is tough. So then people would, you know, you'd almost have to have two places. So I always kept my California house, so you couldn't all the way go all in mm-hmm. to Charlotte. And then, yeah, just, you know, some the outdoor track, like you, there was only a couple guys riding it at the time, but totally like all that, having the team together, there were so many benefits to it. And mm-hmm. it took me a year or so to buy into it. And then I stuck around. I, I obviously still call it home pretty much. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, those months that it got a little bit rainy and cold, I, kind of took Coy's advice, honestly, which is like, all right, well, I'll just, I won't, you know, I'm not going to lift weights, but I'll just do more cardio stuff. And I'll, you know, if I don't get to ride this week, I'm not going to freak out where early on in my career, I'd just be like, I need to ride three days a week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Four days a week. And, um, but yeah, all that, the team trainer, the, and then even my first year there, he was making his own shock. So I had a totally different shock on my bike. He wanted to make suspension and yeah, he had a lot of a lot of great ideas. He he really really did, and some cutting edge stuff that now we see like it's it's normal now. How about his battles with Yamaha year in and oh year gosh. out? He just, I was caught in the middle just, of those. Oh, I bet. A couple of them. He just yeah. hated those guys telling him what he had to do to the bike or what he had. You know, like you know, it's oh, it's yeah. it's an old guard in our sport where the OEMs have the money, the purse strings, the equipment, the bikes, right? And you play by their yeah. rules. That's how it works. And Coy was so yeah. frustrated at that sometimes. Oh, it was it was quite the battle. I mean, at one point, Yamaha was wanting me to ride their bike, but jgr was wanting me to ride their bike and then we were having tests where i'd ride the factory yamaha one day and the jgr yamaha the next and jgr was paying me and Mm -hmm. i was like they were my team yamaha wasn't the team you know so i always stuck with jgr and quite honestly like i rode the factory bike and i liked the jgr bike quite a bit better so 
Um, yeah, it was a tight knit group. Yeah. I mean, from yeah. we had Chappie, Steve Hudson every Monday come for Bible study, and that just, I mean, it just, it totally changed my life. I mean, I, yeah. I it absolutely did, and it's not a cliche thing to say because it, it, it really did, and him and his family, and um, the way he he did things, and yeah, yeah, I I really look up to him for he he could have flashed you know, the money and the fame and the private jets and all that, but he, he never did. He actually hated that side of it. Did, did you ever, uh, did you ever ask him for just life advice, financial advice, that kind of stuff? Did you ever talk yeah, to him about I that did. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Once I got to know him really good, it, right. I, I would say my first two years, we weren't that close. We, you know, I more looked, he, he was my boss, you know, I wanted yeah. to impress him and I was just nose to the grindstone trying to get results for him. And then I went to Honda for that year of 2012. Mm-hmm. And then when he hired me back, we had some, we really, really had a great relationship. I remember 2013, our bike was not good and I was struggling. And I just came off a year where I tied for third in the championship and a lot of podiums mm-hmm. and almost won several races. And I was struggling and I, I went in and told him, I said, Hey, I, I want to be done. And I was actually, I wanted out of my contract and cause I wanted to be done racing for a while. And we had the, you know, I've, was tearing up with with my wife Paige yesterday about this because he basically said look what you're going through is really hard right now but out there is way more difficult like life he's talking about mm-hmm. like this motorcycle stuff is easy compared to what's out there so let's work together on it and figure it out we'll get this bike better and like and that's what we did like and a lot of people didn't see that side of Koi he he didn't want to show that affectionate side I'm sure you've seen it a few times and we like there's a few of us that did but he was pretty tough on the outside and mm-hmm. then i'll never forget before anaheim won i think it was 2014 season he wrote me a letter and i hope i can find that letter i was thinking about where it was where i would have put it but um he wrote me a really nice letter about how yeah just how much i had meant to the team and so happy to have me around and we're gonna have a great year together and it was like this mm-hmm. amazing from core who you'd least expect it from you know no no for sure um so yeah that was a cool thing he you know we just talked about life and like yeah i thought it was tough because i was i wasn't getting the results and i was just really frustrated and but he you know his thing was hey it's it's tough out there let's figure this out in here because this is easy compared to yeah out out there you know and you know as a again as a team owner he gets dealt a, a bike that it wasn't great at first uh he gets dealt all this stuff but he makes a shock, right? It gets a shock made for the bike. James thinks the bike's too wide. He gets a tank and shrouds built, right? Like he yeah. he didn't stop at just shrugging his shoulders. He spent the money. He spent the time. He had the resources in the cup shop to do almost anything. And yeah. so he was like, "We'll do it. What do you need? What do you want? What's legal?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he he Yeah, and you're right with him not being dealt a great hand because if you think about that early Yamaha, that thing was terrible. And, it, you know, and he here's, here's your new bike, the 2010 mm-hmm. Yamaha, which which me and JG had to share one all the way till, like, beginning of December. So mm-hmm. it was raining in Charlotte. So we flew on coaches plane down to MTF, and we shared a motorcycle. Yeah. And this was, like, out after Thanksgiving. So, okay, so now you've got your hands tied with this bike to develop it, and it's not very good off the showroom floor with – you know, changing the engine around and no one yep. really knew what made it tick. So he made his own shock. Like he was mm-hmm. totally committed and it, and it took a while to get that bike good. But I will say that 2014 bike was one of my favorite bikes all time. Like they, 
we did mm-hmm. a ton of work on that and he was not afraid to to spend the money and he used to always say like he he never wanted to make money he just didn't want to have yeah, to that's, spend that's a what he said yeah he's yeah. just like i don't <laughs> care I, I don't care i don't i'm not here to make money i just want I don't want to spend a bunch. And at first he was spending a bunch, but yeah. I think one of my conversations with him around then, like 2014 was he's finally not having to open up his checkbook a lot to mm-hmm. make it happen. And he was good with that. Yeah. So. And, and you know, he, he took swings with James and he took a swing with Barsha and the Suzuki thing, the bike wasn't quite great. And then James and mm-hmm. the bike and like he tried and, and, it, and it sucked that they never, I mean, look, they went one, two at Daytona. You put the bike on the podium. They had success. There, there, there was, there was that going on, but for, it was a shame that he didn't turn into a title winning team for the amount of money and effort and attempts he did make at it, you know? Yeah. 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 And I, I think a lot of it is bad luck with the timing of yep. the motorcycles he was on. Like you said, like 2012 Yamaha, that bike was okay on certain track conditions mm-hmm. and, James won on it a couple times, but it wasn't consistent enough week in and week out on different soil and different types of tracks. Mm-hmm. And then the Suzuki, yeah, they, they get Barsha, who was going to be maybe a title guy, and the bike's not up to par. And So, yeah, I think they they had their hands full with that side of things. But he never really hung his head. That's what was cool about Coy. He never was super negative. He, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like... He got on me one time at Washougal. I was going to ask uh, you, what was the maddest you ever saw him? What was? The... Yeah, so, well, he got mad at other people, <laughs> not not often. Yeah. But I'm like he threw some headsets, and yeah. thankfully it was never never me. But there was one time at Washougal, I went down in the first turn, and I only got back to like 16th or something first moto, and he thought that my effort wasn't quite good enough, and uh-huh. and it probably wasn't. But Washougal's hard to pass, especially yeah. coming from 40th. But it fired me up, and I got on the podium the next moto, and it was like like a proud moment for me because he came over and just that typical coy like smirk, and he like <laughs> gave me a little half hug, you know, yeah. like, yep, that's that's what I wanted, you know. And so that was a cool day, but that was the most mad I'd seen him. He kind of let me have it a little bit, mm-hmm. and you know, you're better than that, blah blah blah. And, um, but yeah, I've seen him throw some headsets and. You know, I was teammates with Millsaps while he was on the team. So him and Davey, I mean, it was a comedy show. We, we talked about Literally this last every night. Day. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Every day it was a comedy show between them two. So it was like they were, <laughs> I mean, just the different, the different, uh, we're talking about Koi has theories. Yes. Uh, Davey has some theories too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm... you get them two in the same room, it was like, I just sat back. I'm like, this is this is awesome. I'll just sit here and watch. I, I walked in one time. They're arguing about something. And Coy's like, you can't even read or write. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just. It, he, he did tell forth. me one time. He said, you'll. And he kind of said it in a nice way, like almost a compliment. He uh, said, you'll never. You'll never make it because you're too smart. All these guys are a bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yeah, you're like, I don't really know what to say. Right. Yeah, yeah. But he would say stuff like that, and you just – you had to take it a certain right. way. And you, you know, I was telling the story. I didn't ride for him like you, and I didn't live by him like you and all of that stuff. But after he insulted me, after he punched me, after he hit the back of my knees when I'm standing there, <laughs> or after he – he would pull me aside and be like, how you doing? Everything going? How's the missus? You know, like, yeah, yeah just – yeah. He cared. He, he, he cared. genuinely cared about how I would like this was, but this was, you know, he had to do everything else first. And then he, I got the sense that he really did care 
how I was doing yeah. and how my wife was. And, and, you know, they would make a joke about her definitely being the better half and all this, you know? So yeah. 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 Really, really great guy. Um, yeah. I mean, he came, he was at Paige and I's wedding and, uh, I remember him just, he just put like a wad of cash in my pocket at the <laughs> wedding, like randomly. I forget even now it just came to me that he did that. I'm like, right. like, yeah, you know, he, he definitely cared. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. From uh, spent a lot of time with him in the airports, but the, the main thing he loved was just straight banter. Like Patrick was my mechanic for the four yeah. years I was there. Right. And Patrick was one of his first employees, you know, they're mm-hmm. hanging lights in the shop and whatever. And the banter that he would give Patrick <laughs> and the, the mechanics and the crew was just all time. It was all time. I'm going to have Patrick on this podcast. We've, we've talked already. Nice. And, and Patrick nice. said he hung up his diploma in his, in his bay. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. said it didn't count. It wasn't a real diploma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was back and forth. Oh. And then, like I was even yeah. saying on the show, you know, uh, he's been out of the sport for, you know, whatever, three, four years. And we still all laugh and tell stories. And, and oh, you know, there's so many cool right, stories. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's, there's yeah. tons of them, man. And, and you got to feel for Joe. And uh, both sons uh, gone at 49 and just absolutely yeah. terrible. Um, terrible, yeah, what they're going through and, and the kids. He's got four great kids mm-hmm. and his wife, Heather. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough, man, but his legacy will absolutely live on. And he's he's changed so many people's lives. And that's what, you know, he would want us to hang our hat on that and keep keep giving each other banter that's, yeah that's what he would want right i feel like he would i think he would love the fact that we're laughing about him you know so yeah uh yeah. justin brayton thank you i appreciate the stories and the time uh we'll see you in paris supercross and uh yeah man uh condolence says you were tighter to him than i ever was for sure and uh yeah man it, it's terrible it sucks but yeah just uh, smile and laugh yeah. right Yep, that's right. That's what he would want. Thanks for having me on and excited to listen to the other guys' stories that they have. Cool. Thanks, JB. Listen. Cool. Thanks, Steve. Bye. See ya. All right. Thanks, uh, thanks, JB, for that. Next up on the uh, on the Koi Gibbs Fly Racing Show here, uh, memories of Koi, laughs of laughter of Koi, and everything else uh, is another man who rode for him for a number of years and uh, had some great times with with Koi. And uh, one of his favorite people I know from talking to quite one of his favorite riders that he had under the JGR truck, and there was a shit ton of them. Filthy Phil Nicoletti. What's up, Philip? How are you? Uh, Steven, how are we today? Bummed out, man. I'm still bummed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, man, it's a, I don't even know. It just uh, it seems fake, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the way the whole thing went down, it was kind of, um, yeah, it was a lot of uncertainty till we kind of, really found out what was what was going on and um you know i when i found out i kind of uh as soon as i found out actually um kind of like through uh bundy and uh johnny oler mm-hmm. i i called uh called thomas right away and uh he was actually on a call with j-bone mm-hmm. and um plugged me in and i asked j-bone i said is this fucking true what's going on you mm-hmm. know and he said i he said i think so i'm like you you know, I'm just baffled. You yeah, know, like I, yeah. I don't know. There's, there, <laughs> it seems it, it, it just seems fake. You know, yeah. Um, you know, like everyone, you know, texting him on Saturday night, telling him congrats. You know, it's awesome for Ty. You know, he's, you know, the past week and a half prior to that have been super tough, and you know, to 
I, I don't know. It's it's really weird and scary to think about it, but you know, if you're gonna end it, you know, like that's one hell of a way to end it. Yeah, know? but it's yeah. just fuck, man. I don't know. I'm at a loss of words. Uh, when's the last time you talked to him or seen him around? Uh, I guess when did I see him? I saw him maybe about a month ago mm-hmm. i was up in uh, huntersville just doing a bike ride around the shop and stuff and i you know i didn't actually talk to him i just waved to him and gave him the bird you know um, <laughs> right, and right. he kind of he kind of knows <laughs> knows who it is you know um but yeah it, it had been a few months actually um just because i was been in a dark place myself so i really hadn't reached out to him but you know did talk to him on you know saturday yep. wish him you know that's that was awesome because that's been a dream for him you know like uh they've been working their yeah. you know asses off for that so to see that happen and i think a lot of people that i'm close with had texted him as well and he got back to everybody and yeah it just um yeah like i said it seems seems fake what know? was uh what was your first time uh meeting him um, and, and what was that like? Uh, <laughs> well, the first time I actually really met him was in man 2012, uh, before I actually even did a deal with JGR because they had the Stuart debacle and then they had Kyle Regal kind of filling in mm-hmm. and Davey was kind of got hurt. So they didn't have anybody to go racing for them. So, uh, and I had just left 1110. So, you know, I was kind of a young kid at that time, I don't know, 22-ish, mm-hmm. and I went up, drove from club up to the shop, and I just, I came in, I'd really love, like, you know, a fill-in spot just to, like, ride your bike for the last three nationals, and, and Coy's just like, nah, it's not worth us to go to the races at the moment, and I'm like, uh, okay, um, so there's no, <laughs> there's no hope, and he goes, nah, we just had a bad year, we're packing it in for the year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I just drove an hour and a half up here to like sweating, you know, sweat my balls off thinking, you know, this guy's going to, yeah. you know, chew me out and whatnot. And he didn't really chew me out, but he was kind of, you know, stern and super quiet. And, yeah. you know, I'm there, yeah, sweating bullets, like what, the, you know, whatever. And I got shot down pretty quick. But um, the next the next deal was a little bit better the following year. You know, I did the tie loop thing with uh, Thomas and then Fab. And uh, at the end of the year, it just came down to, you know, I had the option to do with the stuff with JGR. And um, it was just three supercrosses and three outdoors. That was it. That was but all you were guaranteed, yeah. That's all. That's all. I was guaranteed but I was at a breaking point in my life to where like I just wanted a good bike and good parts and suspension and good people around me that I could grow and I had a chat with you know J-Bone and Core and just like listen this is all we can do for right now if we need you for more we'll we'll, we'll plug you in you'll be our filling guy you'll be our test dummy you'll try all our parts run all through the R&D and I'm like fine I don't care sign me up and to be honest with you it really wasn't for hardly any money the first time you know it was just like i just wanted a good bike to be able to prove myself and sure enough like it just the whole deal just uh, snowballed into a an awesome deal for me you know um and those guys kind of like i said uh, they became family so it was it was awesome and it all be it all came down to koi like if koi said no i don't want to do it anymore it would have been over with yeah you know yeah. like j-bone could have pressured him you know thomas could have pressured him but in the end coy had to be like yeah no i want to keep filling i want to keep going 
Yeah. You know, so yeah. um, th- that to me means everything. He didn't he didn't have to fucking do it. You know, yeah. um, and he so let and he let you know that in a joking manner. Yeah, yeah, no, he he let he, yeah, a hundred percent. You know, right. and you know, and it's weird because the deal worked out to be phenomenal. Like I, I've raced I don't know how many Supercrosses for him filling in, mm-hmm. um, and then he gave me the full outdoor series and you know fifteen and sixteen, and then transferred into the Suzuki deal, and it's just like yeah, it was it was an unreal. And for what turned out to be kind of like not really a joke, but not really knowing where my career was going to go, it yeah. it really it really took off because of him. So I I, I owe him a lot, you know. What, um, what was the funniest so, theory? What was the funniest theory you heard him tell you? Cause there, there's been a lot. <laughs> uh, to <laughs> to be honest, I don't know, but he had a way to make it always feel like. I was the fucking idiot, you know, like <laughs> it was never Coy was an idiot. He was always able to, the way he said things to way he manipulate him. Like he put it back on me. Like I, I was a screw up or I was wrong or I didn't understand his way of thinking. Uh-huh. And then over, over the years, I'm just like, no, <laughs> he's wrong. I'm, I'm right. You know, right. Um, but no, it's, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't so much the, the stories but i i got a lot of respect for koi because he literally didn't take any shit from anybody yeah it didn't matter if it was the top dogs at yamaha the top dogs at sponsors top tier riders like he would just give him a big f you and he he just didn't care you know um and i can kind of appreciate that because he wasn't yeah i mean he wasn't the politically correct guy you know, yeah, I was. Yeah. I mentioned with JB the battles with Yamaha <laughs> and oh, the dude, battles with Suzuki, I, even. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like I and I've seen some of those battles face to face, you know, right in front of the semi. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know, I think that was pretty awesome because no, if it was a normal team and they were bound by somebody like that, you know, yeah, they would just cower down you know mm-hmm. Coy didn't give a crap you yeah. know no. and, and coach coach was kind of there trying to like calm everybody down and Coy just he was seeing red you know, <laughs> was... a lot of those situations and i i respected it because whenever i saw red like he was just fine with it was he you know? yeah yeah he was yeah, good right he, yeah he he kind of lived for that sort of stuff you know he was a no no bullshit guy so We've um, we've brought this up before, but you look at trainer Tim that he got there. Everybody working there, he got everybody in the facility. You know, he was trying to create a riding facility maybe before it was became so mainstream. And then mm-hmm. and then you with the fill in uh, mm-hmm. job like that that's something that probably a lot of teams should do. And it was they built a shock, they built shrouds in the tank for James, right? Like yep. a lot of different innovations, Coy and the guys came up with. Yeah, they they were always developing new things all the time. Mm-hmm. And I would test them. Some of them were good. Some of them weren't, you yeah. know. Obviously, the shocks and the uh, the stew stuff was way, was way before my time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we come down to special foot peg mounts and foot pegs and yeah. adjustable subframes and stuff like that, it was just like, yeah, it was, that stuff was really, really cool, you know. Um, I mean, who would have thought an adjustable subframe? Right. Yeah, that was you that know, was pretty like neat. Right? Yeah, instead of cutting with five, ten, or fifteen mil, mil, it's just like here, just put the adjustable thing in there and be done with it. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying Corey was smart enough to design that. You know, because 
I think Coy was quite dumb, <laughs> but Spencer, but it was all because of him. It was able, yeah. you know, that stuff was able to happen. So, you know, um, you know, when he, yeah. when he folded up the NASCAR team too, you know, with, with Spencer or, or Dean, uh, um, or uh, a bunch of guys, he, he tried to help them find them jobs, right? He didn't, he kept paying guys for a long time to clean up the shop and all of that. He, he tried to find a soft landing for everybody. Yep. Yep. Which I mean, <sighs> To me, that just shows that he actually really, really cared. It wasn't like a, a huge corporation that just shut down. It was just like, you know, mm-hmm. screw the employees. I mean, obviously, there wasn't a whole lot of employees. You know, there was 12. But at the same time, to be able to squeeze them into positions at the cup shop and make those guys feel comfortable to where they, you know, because a lot of those guys had just moved across country, you know, from California, especially when they expanded with uh, Suzuki. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys came from California to Charlotte, and they weren't there but a year and a half, two years, you know. And they f- decided to really close shops. So all those people, I just moved families and whatnot across, you know, across yeah. the country. So yeah. he t- he took care of he took care of a lot of people, and even people that were struggling at times and needed some, you know, needed more assistance. He still helped. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, he was just a, he was just a good dude. There's he, no no way around it. Yeah, he really was. What uh what was the angriest he got at you ever? Uh to be I'm going to be totally honest, Coy never got angry at me. No. You know. No. One because he didn't pay me enough to really get angry at me. So, <laughs> it was it was kind of it was like kind of okay. Yeah, you he weren't like get, under the same umbrella as Millsaps yeah, or Stu yeah, or whatever, yeah, right? Like yeah. I wasn't getting paid $800,000, you know, million dollars a year, so like, you know, I was kind of cheaper, so I mm-hmm. was just like, you know, if I got 12th, it was just like, okay, well, he's a filling guy. He did his job. He got the bike into the main. He pulled whole shots. He did his deal, you know? Um, so that was for Supercross, but for outdoors, it was a different, different story, you know? Um, but it didn't, whether I rode like shit or I did good, it was the same, it was the same tone, you know? He literally would be like, hey, you rode awesome. Hey, you rode like shit. Right. So it wasn't, he never really ripped me apart ever, you know? Um, but the happiest he ever was for me was definitely Glenn Helen in 2015, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, cause for me, that was a huge deal. Um, and even for JGR to go two, three, five in a moto, which, yeah. um, I think that really was really one of the better days for the whole crew. You know, so um, that was pretty awesome. His, his battles with Millsaps was pretty legendary. He he, <laughs> he 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 used to just go back and forth with him all the time. Uh, well, they they're like two in the same though, right? You know, right. like that's like Koi battling Koi. You know, like <laughs> they got the same they they have the same sort of mentality, and it's their way or the highway. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it could be the dumbest fucking topic ever, but you know they have to they have to make their point. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, totally right. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I've been texting with him, trying to do a podcast with him here too shortly. And uh, at one point, I, I posted my tweet on uh, on social media, and he said, "If every other former media goes offline, he'll be listening to my show." <laughs> 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 which sounded which, about right. Yeah, yeah, which I. <laughs> I still think regardless of him not being in the sport and JJR not being around, I still think he checked the results every Monday morning or mm-hmm. Sunday night or, you know, like 
I think he was just a fan of the sport. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I think he liked how gnarly it was. Um, you know, he was a big fan of not just me and Weston, but both of us, like we could always take a hit no matter how bad it hurt, we'd get up and st- still try and race and still try and keep going. It was never, we never pussied out ever. So mm-hmm. I think to him, that was like, you know, a sign of, uh, I don't know. He respected that um, a lot. So it kind of made us feel a little bit better as well. Yeah. Yeah. True. Right. He was, he was a, he was a man of the people that way. He liked the little yeah. guys. He liked the, he liked the underdogs. Right. He liked all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I said, he, and for me, like when they always wanted me to go do something, you know what I mean? Like I always made sure I went out of my way to go do it, whether it was some sort of, event or whatever and it was kind of a pain in the ass like for me it didn't matter because mm-hmm. Corey was doing something for me that no one else would have thought about doing so it kind of made it okay for me to to go do that you know well, yeah. so was he the one who wanted you to put the hot dog costume on uh i don't know <laughs> but i can tell you what he's probably the, he probably laughed the hardest out of anyone i bet you know I bet you know, he did. He probably called me a wiener or something a lot worse. A lot worse, know? yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just depressing, dude. I I owe that guy a lot. You know, like I don't even know where to start. To be honest with you, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I think a lot of people do. He employed a lot of people, and you're still in North Carolina because of him getting the job yeah. there. Brayton's still there, right? Um, yep. Yep. You know. And, like I said, I, I I still talk to people that I met on that team in 2014 every single day. You know, like yeah. I I made really good friends because of that operation. You know, um, so I mean, and that's that's priceless. So you can't. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he he would really appreciate that as well. You know, so. Yeah, I it think is what it is. I think he would like us laughing about him on this show, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah no, a hundred a hundred percent. It just. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Stephen. Just, uh, it's just really, really gut wrenching because it wasn't. Yeah, he, he was a boss, but he, he wasn't a boss. Like I, don't, I don't really know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no. and like, I, like I said, he, he didn't have to do any of the shit that he ever did for me ever. Um, and anything, like I said, that ever got approved that was brought to him, he didn't have to do that because let's be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't a supercross star. I had deep, good outdoor results, but I slacked in supercross a little bit and mm-hmm. he didn't really care. He just cared that I was able to get the bike in the mains. I never miss a main event for those guys ever. And I did my job and I think he appreciated that so yeah he uh he liked you for sure it was yeah it, it was a lot of he had a lot of time for you we were laughing on the show last night uh, he found some guy in a bar that looked like you on his instagram <laughs> he said, good to see <laughs> good to see filthy phil here and you know yeah, yeah. like i don't know yeah it's just a good deal yeah. like i said whenever whenever i'd fuck one time i i, I, brought, I said it before i got into it with Celie one time i left the rig and i drove over over to the honda truck and mm-hmm. this and that and Corey saw me fucking pinning it over there so he obviously knew what was going down mm-hmm. and you know i said my piece over at the honda rig with the boys and then i i rode back and i walk into the semi and i'm fucking pissed and i'm cursing and Corey said so how was it over there you know <laughs> and I, i'm like i'm like how the fuck do you think it went over there man you know? <laughs> like oh dude he just he, he just didn't care yeah you know? so yeah. um 
I respect it. No, he was good. It's it's yeah. a it's a loss, man. And like you said, it doesn't feel real. It still doesn't really no, feel real. No, I can't it, text it, him or whatever. It, yeah, yeah, it does. It doesn't feel real, and just like the the whole deal with the possibility of you know the rumors of maybe going triumph and this and that, and it's just like, mm-hmm. man, how things could have could have been, you know? Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I just. It's just uh, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I don't, um, I don't understand it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, bro. thanks, man. I appreciate it. Tough, tough few days for all of us that knew him, and you knew him better than I did. That's for sure. And, and uh, yeah, just, uh, I don't know. I like, um, I don't know. I don't think anyone really knew him all that well. It was just you felt close to him just because he was a normal dude, no matter what his last name was or whatever his what stature he had. You know, like, um, he's just a normal dude that just like to have, you know, have a beer every once in a while and, and literally talk shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all he wanted to do was rag on people, which, which was totally fine. I can attest know? to that. So, yeah, absolutely. He, he did yeah, that to, so. to me. Why can't he, why can't and I were like his favorite targets. It seemed like in the media, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, I just in the days of, you know, because I wore moose. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, and <laughs> it would be. A, and Moose paid me okay. Yeah. That was really the only main reason I was there. But he would always make fun of my gear, and I'm like, "Well, I don't know what you want me to do." He's like, "Your butt patch is ripping off," and yeah. he's just like, "You have white gear, but it's like beige color." Yeah. I'm like, "Well, yes, Koi, because I don't have gear this weekend, and I got stains." And he's like, "What do you want me to do?" He's like, "How much is your gear there? I'll just pay you and go get your gear from your shop." I'm like, "I don't know what you want me to do, man." I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a half-ass motocrosser, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, I'm just I, trying to make a living. I'm yeah. just, yeah, exactly, and I'm getting ragged on for fucking my gear, you know? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm riding around in eighth place anyway. I'll be dirty. You won't even be able to tell, you know? So <laughs> he, just, he, he didn't, he just didn't care, so, no. which is awesome. No, but. yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thanks, Philip. Thanks for doing this, man. And, uh, yeah, we'll just, uh, you know, the best way we can – honor him or whatever is just laugh about it and tell stories yeah. you know what i mean and and yeah and all of that like, so um you know, i appreciate it and like i said i'll i'll say it again i i wouldn't have had a motocross career if he didn't give me five years of his time and commitment so it's just uh that's the way it is you know so there's some people that uh definitely alter the course of your career and you know the decisions that you make and he's one of the big ones in mind so forever forever in debt you know awesome Thanks, Philip. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks to JB and Phil for that. Uh, coming up with a couple of more here on the uh, on the Fly Racing Racemax podcast. Thank you to motorsport.com. Go through the banner on popamex.com and uh, takes you to motorsport. Make a purchase that and that way. And we, we get a small slice of that OEM and aftermarket parts. Great prices, great return policy, and all of that over there at motorsport.com. Thanks to them for making this podcast happen. Same with Cobolinks, man. Pulpamex is the code to save with Cobolinks, available through motorsport.com or direct from Cobolinks.com. Use the code Pulpamex for free shipping, built and designed in Boise, Idaho. And it's a lowering suspension link from everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. And so if you want to uh, get that bike lowered a little bit, gain some more confidence, have your suspension work a little better, check out Cobolinks uh, for your bike, whatever it is, TTRs and XRs and all of that, um, CRFs. Uh, so thanks to uh, Cobalinks, Motorsport.com, Renthal, Maxis, all on board with us. All right, let's uh, let's keep this going, shall we? All right, next up on the Fly Racing Racerx podcast to uh, give us his memories of of Coy Gibbs and really a guy that worked with him super closely at the beginning of the JGRMX uh, team 
and uh, left a few years later, but uh, was certainly an instrumental part of the team's early success. Worked for James Stewart, among others. Patrick Barker, what's up, Patty? How are you, man? Oh, man, I'm doing good, Mathis. Uh, good, to, good to talk to you. And I wish it was a whole different circumstance we were catching up, but, uh, but man, good to, good to hear from you. So we're doing well. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I've done a couple of podcasts with you. People check it out. Some really good stories about working for James and, and deciding to quit being a mechanic. Uh, we did that one a few years ago um, and, and everything else. But um, what, uh, where were you when you heard the news and, and how you doing? Uh, man, honestly, I was, uh, I was at home and, uh, I heard from my dad. He kind of reached out to me said, Hey, have, have you heard anything that's going on with, with, uh, with Koi at the track? Someone said there was a car accident after, after leaving the track after Ty's championship. Have you heard anything? And I said, no. And, uh, couldn't really track down any information. There was some spotty stuff online and, uh, reached out to a few guys. I know that work on, uh, on the 11 car over at JGR that were at the track and, uh, they kind of let me know from there. So, um, about that time I found out it was a lot of the teammates, you know, we all started texting each other. We stay in touch periodically, talk to J bone, uh, as well. And, uh, and kind of confirmed everything is just, uh, it's just something you can't even, can't even really process to be honest with you at, at the time. It's tough, man. So young. Um, you know, JD, his brother, same age. Um, and you know, he did so much for so many people in the community, I guess, take us through, uh, Meeting him and um, and getting the job at JGR. Man, it's yeah, it's a guy. I put a post up about him when it, it happened, and uh, I spent pretty much my entire twenties with Coy. And so, in a way, I, I grew up with him like a, a big brother, so to speak, because you kind of forget how young he was starting and running the team. And uh, so, it's one of those things where I started with him in '07. Uh, I was the first person hired on the team. Uh, we didn't even have a shop yet. I actually met Coy over at the uh, at the cup shop in the first few weeks and just kind of started sitting down, mapping out our shop, laying everything out. And uh, I know you know this really well, but it took me about two weeks to really understand what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, took, it was a little bit of adjustment to figure out what he was saying because, you know, Coy mumbled and, and stuff like that, the way he talked and everything. So it took me a little while to almost interpret what he was saying and, uh, so, you know, we started working together on upfitting the shop and everything, you know, you do when you, you start doing that up, you know, building workbenches together with Koi. Uh, I, you know, we put together, you know, all our, our shelves, workbenches, you know, uh-huh. set up our shop, got everything set up for the guys. Most of them weren't through with their season or their contracts yet to get out and start working. So it was about June or July of 07 that we were already starting to upfit the shop before everyone was even there. Um, uh, so I spent a lot of time with Coy and, and David Evans, actually, in the beginning, us three at the at the shop together, uh, day in and day out, kind of doing that. And so got a, a really close bond with Coy. I, I went everywhere with him. You know, we drove around uh, picking up things for the shop, getting everything ready. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, kind of adapted almost that little brother mentality. Uh, didn't waste any time breaking me in. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. I, I think he started he started throwing the, the jabs or, or messing with me, picking with me a little bit you know, almost instantly. Uh, right. So, uh, he just, um, it's one of those things where you, you could tell right away, like, you know, a lot of the times I would go over to the cup shop and we're Koi and I were building workbenches together, working on things. And some of the guys over there I knew, uh, prior from other things. And they're like, Hey, yeah, you guys are, you know, Koi's going to be hanging out with all his buddies and his friends. 
Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you guys are going to be Koi's friends. So that's what they all called us for the longest time. Was just, we were just Koi's friends when we came over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, he was a moto guy. He was a moto guy. He he didn't like, I mean, he, he did like NASCAR, but he loved motocross. He told me one time, I asked him, you know, could we go to lunch together in the early days? I'm like, what made you want to start a motocross team? I mean, your, your family's successful at everything they touch, uh-huh. football, drag yeah. racing, NASCAR. Yeah. What, how did you end up in this? And he said, I always liked motocross because I like the performance aspect of the machine, you know, the racing, the, you know, build the performance in the machine. He said, but I like a sport where they are true athletes. He's like, yeah, like football. I enjoyed football. He's like, so this was the coolest sport that I love to watch that were true athletes on the bike. And you had a machine aspect of it to where you had to marry two together. And he's mm-hmm. like, it was the best, best of both worlds for me. Yeah. Yeah, those early days must have been pretty pretty cool getting JGR going, and of course, uh, Summy and Hanson, and and you know the the program continued to build from there. He um, he was something else, man. He was so funny. He loved to bust your balls. I mean, he loved everybody busting everybody's balls. That's that's just what he did. Yeah, I mean, he. I think that's what he enjoyed the most about everything. Like I said, we were Koi's friends, and. And, you know, it. you look back on it now, and I think about it, I was talking to one of the guys on the team on the way home today from work, and mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, we were. We were Koi's friends, so he, he'd bust your balls about it. I mean, and he did so many things to me that borderline almost <laughs> pissed me off sometimes, like really. And he knew it, but he was really good at taking it to the edge and then backing off. Yeah. So he, he'd take it to the point where I was about ready to have a fit, and he'd like, he'd mellow out and ease up on me for a little bit, but... I mean, he made fun of basically anything and everything I did from, <laughs> first of all, I mean, I remember one of the first weeks I brought my toolbox in and I'm setting it up on the bench. He's going through my toolbox. He's like, this is crap. This is junk. What is this? This, What kind of tools do you have? These are all garbage. Get rid of them. He's like literally throwing them towards the trash can. I'm like, dude, these are my tools. Like, you can't do that. Um, so, yeah, just like that was like the start of everything. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're – we're welding on workbenches over there. And he's like, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, you don't know how to, you're an idiot. What are you doing over here? You can't do that. You know, (laughs) the typical coy type mentality. And, um, it's just, you know, again, there was things from, from not only that, from the early days to, to traveling. I didn't travel the first year with the team. I did practice and testing and, uh, only travel a little bit, but I'd never flown to the West coast. Mm -hmm. So, Koi found that out on the first flight and thought that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, so he told the my very first flight, he told the uh, security check-in that <clears throat> to go easy on me because it was my first flight. And during bag check-in, I got disoriented. I fell down and peed myself and all this stuff. And he's got this whole story going through security on the plane. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep on the plane. We wake up at LAX. He had poured water on my pants and told the flight attendant that I peed my pants during the flight because I was scared. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you name it. And that's just that's just who Coy was. He just had a blast with it. And, you know, I keep saying, I said a couple times already, we were his friends. And, yeah. you know, it's the type of things you you do with your buddies. And, you know, you didn't. Yes, he was the, the team owner, the boss, but you didn't look at it that way. And and he did not like to be called that. No, he, had, he didn't. <laughs> no, oh, no, absolutely not. Like a couple guys on the team, you know, uh, early days and stuff, we had some other guys working there. And 
they'd say, uh, say, Hey boss, man. He'd say, don't call me that. (laughs) He didn't like it. it. Don't call me that. And so he, he didn't like that aspect of it because he, he wanted to be seen as one of the guys and, and that's what he was. But Coy was also a guy that, like I said, he was not afraid to get his hands dirty. I mean, we built workbenches together. He Uh was painting them, uh, in the paint booth himself you know, setting up everything. He did it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of those, he didn't sit back and, and let things happen, man. He worked, he jumped in right beside you, uh, on the bike side, maybe too much. You didn't want him touching everything, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'd be testing, you know, suspension testing, pulling forks and shock on and off and Coy's pulling, uh, pulling shocks off and just about ready to rip the subframe, you know, not the the gentlest guy on the of that <laughs> right. too strong. So I'm like, easy, man. The wiring harness is back here. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. He, he, he tried to get everybody buff too. trainer. Tim tried to get everybody just to lift, just lift weights. That was it. That was oh the, yeah. He, Coy, he had us all in there at one point. We were he? all working yeah. out and like, we're all doing like workout routine too after work and stuff. Koi would come in the gym in like jeans and a t-shirt load, like, 45 plates on the bench press as he possibly could <laughs> sit underneath it bust out like two or three max reps and then walk off and he's like when you guys can beat that come get me like <laughs> come get me yeah, yeah. He, he uh he loved like he there was some point where you put your degree up in your stall or something Right. Yeah, he said. Yeah, <laughs> he was always he was so, big on degrees. He wanted to know where my degree was at all times for journalism. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, so I brought my degree in one time, uh, and it was associate's degree for business management and marketing. And uh, I had just graduated from college right before work. Went to work for the team, and he's like, "That's not a real degree. That's not a real school." And so the, <laughs> the everlasting debate with me and Coy is because he didn't get his degree from Stanford. Is like. I would ask him, like, where's your degree? He's yeah. like, your degree doesn't count. It's not even real. It's not a real school. Yeah. He's like, you're he's like, you're an idiot. I don't even know what school you went to. And you know, that's <laughs> he just it was uh it was a debate and a little banter we always had back and forth. He uh yeah. he just he, he loved that aspect of it. And I used to make fun of him because I'm like, You're an athlete, Coy. You're just like all the college athletes. You guys get degrees in like basket weaving or something. Right. You, know, you don't have a real degree. So, <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. big on degrees. At one point, I just told him, I don't have a journalism degree. I just wasn't born to a Super Bowl winning coach. Like, I'm sorry. My, my dad didn't win the Super Bowl. Sorry, Coy. <laughs> he loved it. He loved it. Like, he, you know, he, he gave it, a, he, he took it as, as bad as he gave it, you know? So, he, he, yeah, it was great. Um, and then, uh, that was the best thing about him. He, he, he would dish it out, but he could take it too. And, and I was talking to a guy earlier. I said, the one thing you always remember about Coy is if, Coy didn't pick with you or mess with you or anything like that, then yeah. you should be concerned. Yeah. He probably didn't like you at that point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I did. I talked to uh, Brayton earlier, and he said that he would just give it to you just nonstop. You oh, know, man, you, you know. yeah. <laughs> um, he just hammered me. He he would come in like, you know, the you know how it is, Mathis is a mechanic. You know, right before A1, there's so much prep going in. You're getting everything ready. You're basically building out for – the entire Supercross season, you're prepping multiple frames, mm-hmm. swing arms, you know, assemblies, getting ready. And I had stayed at the shop till like two, three in the morning. It was like two days ago before the transporter left, and getting everything finished up, all my spares, my spare frame. I come in in the next morning, and someone had taken red line assembly grease mm-hmm. on my polished frame, 
which I hadn't wrapped to put in the truck yet. Mm-hmm. And they wrote, you suck balls on it. <laughs> and so at this point, like, I'm like trying to figure out who on the team did this. And right. then the balls was like a giveaway really with Koi. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like I got to repolish this thing and clean it up. But that, I mean, again, yeah. he didn't care. That was the fun he had. And he knew it, it tortured, uh, tortured me to an extent, but, uh, he was a he was good character building right for me. <laughs> when, when things were going south with James and it wasn't working out, and uh, is that maybe the, the the most angry you've seen him around that time? You know, I've only I only saw Coy get really upset two times in, in the entire time I was there. Okay, uh, one time we had some like internal stuff going on at the shop and uh, just kind of some you know stuff going on between teammates yep. and everything, and he was really upset trying to solve that because again you know how it can be when the team's not performing like mm-hmm. you know sometimes that pressure can come from the rider to the team to like hey you know this person's not doing their part or whatever it is yeah. to get there and and Coy was really frustrated because he saw like a tight-knit group of guys start to get torn apart a little bit yeah. so he got really mad at us the only time he really yelled at us mm-hmm. uh, as far as the team team members and then um I saw him get upset one other time with James throughout the process. Not so, not necessarily with James, but at one of the races, yeah. uh, he came in. He was pretty upset about the outcome of it, and and Big James was upset about the outcome. And they were they were having a <laughs> they got on into it. it, right? Yeah, they got into it. Yeah, <laughs> and next thing I know, I'm kind of walking in the back door of the semi, and Coy's radio come, kind of comes flying towards the back of the semi. I just close the door and walk back out. <laughs> That's the only only two times I ever saw Coy get really mad. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was saying earlier, like, you know, there was a couple of team members on JGR over the years that, you know, uh, had some stuff off the track that affected their work and, and, you know, different things happened. And he, from what I know, he he did everything he can to help the guys and and keep it on the down low and keep them employed and you know what I mean? Really try to work with them, right? Where, where other, other times, other people would have just been like, "Yeah, see you later. You're clipped." You know, he wasn't like that. No, every single time that was the backside to Koi. You know, we talk about how much he joked and how much he picked with you, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and everything, and had that hard exterior surface, which you you saw it all the time. He would give you a hard <laughs> time every Dude. time he came by the truck. Yeah, uh, but he had he had a soft side, and a lot of people didn't always see it. Uh, whether it was you know, taking care of guys that had some personal issues, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and things like that, trying to keep them employed, trying to find different positions with them, whether he was bound by a, a JGR company policy that yeah. he couldn't do much with, he would find another avenue for that person and make sure they were okay. Um, I wasn't with the team when they shut down, but I know he took the time to find positions yeah. for every single person that was there. He gave them the option at least if they wanted to come on the NASCAR side or help find them a position. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are still in those roles and you know, no, no one else does that. Yeah. There was a, you know, no other company would take the time if, if you were let go or the company was going under to make sure you had a job or you were employed. And it, he even did the same for me after racing. Like he, I was in the hospital four years ago. I had some issues with blood clotting and uh-huh. hadn't seen Koi in probably three or four years. He texts me, and the text, first of all, said, why are you being a wuss, and why are you in the hospital? <laughs> right, perfect, um, right. So that's a, yeah, yeah. Per- perfect thing I got there. So I get that from him, and then he said, what's going on? I told him, he's like, hey, he's like, I have specialists that I can send you to, 
Like, are you doing okay? What's going on? Do you need help? Yeah. Um, and it was like, man, I haven't, I haven't worked for you in four years. Really? And that long, huh? Four years. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Four years. And he texted me. He was one of the, I didn't hear from really, you know, anyone else of that aspect, just people I kept in touch with at the time. And he, you know, he reached out and, and he's mm-hmm. just, just who he was. Yeah. Yeah. There was one guy that couldn't work at JGR anymore. The story is, and he said, look, you can't, you can't work here because of this and this, but my buddy does this for a living. And he said he would hire you. You know, yeah. Like he didn't have to do that. Yeah. No, no, no. You know, that's so, that's yeah. who he was. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a he was a great guy, and uh, oh man, it was. Remember, I don't think you were there when I did. I told the story in the Pulp Show. I wrote the letter to Paul, uh, HR. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a letter to <laughs> HR, JGR HR, because he threw a water ball at me. He punched me, and I and I said, you know, as a respected <laughs> member of the media. Uh, I won't stand for this. I need I need Mr. Gibbs to be disciplined, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Because <laughs> I got the I got the email from the HR lady of, from Spencer or somebody, and uh, I sent it just you know uh, whatever. And he loved that. He loved oh, it. I bet. He said he was friends with the HR lady, and nothing was going to happen. And yeah, blah blah blah. So it was great. That was it was fantastic. He thought that was the best thing ever. So that he he would have loved that man, and he just. You know, it's everything. The guys always laugh because he, he did give me maybe a harder time than most. I was one of the youngest on the team. And, mm-hmm. you know, he would – everything from the, the airplane stories. I would buy breakfast in the morning, you know, on the way home or to a race. And I'd be walking through the airport. He would slap my food out of my hand across the floor of the airport <laughs> just for fun. And then then he'd go get a, a sandwich later and he'd bring me one back. Like he was just that, you know, just for fun, right. just for his enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he would take every time we landed. It was a kind of an ongoing joke. If he got to the carousel first for baggage, he would take my bag and throw it on top of the carousel, <laughs> so that I couldn't get it without climbing on top of the carousel. And then he would, I'd climb on top, and he'd yell, "Security, security!" and right. try to get me in trouble for climbing on the carousel. Right, so, right. He he just, loved to argue with Millsaps. <laughs> he loved to argue with Millsaps. He called Phil dumb every day. It was just great. Oh, every day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it couldn't be. You know, it did the same thing with Weston too. Like Weston took it really well. You know, yeah. he would he'd punch Weston in the arm, see how tough he was, and then he Weston would punch him back. And I'm like, I mean, it's like we're in like high school. <laughs> right. you're, like, you're like, is this Joe Gibbs's kid? Like the great <laughs> Joe Gibbs? Is this his kid? Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I heard the stories over and over. Uh, one time he gave us money for the pulp show because we had fallen. We, our sponsor had fallen out, and I needed some money to keep the show going. And, and Kenny Watson had arranged it, and he gave us some money. But his only his only thing was, I want to punch Watson as hard as I can in the arm, and I'll write you a check. <laughs> <laughs> so and he so he punched Watson and wrote the check. It was great. Yeah, you know. Uh, how about how about yeah. all the uh, Call of Duty and Red Red Dead? He would play in the lounge of the truck in the oh middle of the gosh. race day. You're like, yeah, oh. middle of the race day, he'd be up there playing Call of Duty, and then <laughs> you know I would be, you know, the Supercross. There's a middle, you know, lull in the middle of the day, yeah. kind of after practice and everything. Yeah, and he, Patty, get up here, play, play, you know, play this two player with me. I can't beat this level. <laughs> and it got to the point where he was taking the Xbox to the hotel, or sometimes we got rental houses. Yeah. We did that for a little while. He'd take it to the hotel or rental house and play all night till like two, three in the morning. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and yeah, play video games nonstop in the lounge. Love that. Um, yeah. He, he, 
<clears throat> he just he always have a good. He's a big kid. No, he, he stayed yeah. a kid at heart. And just always having a good time with everybody. I was giving him shit a few weeks ago that, like, I saw an article on The Athletic about JGR, and they talked to some vice president. And then I saw an interview at a NASCAR race, and they were talking to some other high up. And I'm like, they don't let you talk, right? They, nobody wants to – the JGR doesn't let you talk. And he said, no, nobody wants – nobody. I don't want to talk to anybody, and nobody wants to talk to me. So I was just busting his balls, right? Because like, it was never Coy Gibbs in the media. He didn't care. You know, no, like no, he was not in it to to get any glory at all. So no, never was, never wanted any thanks, any glory. Like I said, d- despise yeah. the term "Hey boss man" or "Hey boss." Did yeah. not want it. Um, nothing to that extent. Never wanted any fame, notoriety, or anything out of it. He just he wasn't that way. He actually kind of hid from it a little bit. You know, yeah. He would he would ask me, you know, if media or one of you guys were coming up, he'd like, "Hey, go talk to him," or "You go do this," or. <laughs> He, he didn't want to do it. No. He just wanted to be but, one of the guys. You know, you guys were trying to solve a suspension issue, and he built a shock, right? You guys were trying to get James's bike narrower. He built a tank and shrouds. Uh, you know, you had the adjustable subframe stuff. Like, he he just would spend the money and get Spencer, whoever, to, to do whatever it needed, whatever it needed for the race team. He didn't care, you know? He, he would. It, it, whatever it took, you know, with the James thing, we I talked about that last time we were talking, and, you know, he – he spent the money to basically bring a bike in, have it scanned, you know, bring a Suzuki in, get the geometry scanned because they had those capabilities mm-hmm. at the cup shop. The geometry we modified on the bike for James was basically built off uh, geometric scan points uh, for that bike. Uh-huh. So basically the, the geometry with the, the tank shroud, everything was nearly the same because right. it was built off uh scan yep. at the cup shop and Koi's, Spare no expense when it came to that. When it came to the bike, when it came to a tool, when it came to anything the guys needed, the riders, uh, whether it was gym equipment, you know, whether it was uh, any type, any form of coaching, training, mm-hmm. anything like that, he spared no expense. Because um, I think he his to, ultimate uh, goal is just want to see everybody succeed. He used to tell me the motocross <laughs> racers are too skinny. They're all too skinny. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't have enough muscle. No, yeah, he, he, he fancied himself, uh, you know, as uh, like this big health nut guru guy. It was great. <laughs> uh, and then he told Wygant one time that he can never be knocked out. Could never be knocked out ever. It wasn't I heard possible. that too. Not possible. Yeah, not possible to knock him out. Yep. Oh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Totally couldn't couldn't happen. Yeah, he he would do that. Uh, with the guys a lot, you know, he even told Weston that I think one time when they were punching each other, going back and forth and, uh, <laughs> yeah, he just, he loved it, man. Yeah. He just, he had a good time with everybody. And, um, you know, the, the Koi stories, I was talking to somebody about it. Uh, they're, they're meeting at the cup shop to do a few things tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, J-Bone reached out and invited a lot of us guys to go over and, and do that. And uh, they're talking about sharing stories about Koi, and I'm like, man, we better have a lot of time. I yeah. don't know how long this this is going on, but you can talk about Koi and the things he did, or um, you know, both sides of Koi really for for a long time. I mean, yeah, he's uh, like I said, he's he was like a big brother to me for sure. Yeah, I wish he was still in the sport, you know. Uh, but we kept in touch, and when he came to the races, he came to Anaheim last year. Wygan and I like. Like little excited kids ran over to find him. We heard he was there. He said, I'm st- I don't forget what he was saying, where he was, and we ran over. We're just like, we got to go talk to Coy. He's here. It's great. It's going to be the best. It's going to be the best 10 minute conversation we'll have all day. You know? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. You uh, have to say what and try to understand him for most of the 10 minutes, yeah, you know? But, yeah. Yeah. The, but it was you, good. I met him at, uh, we were at, uh, 
my one of my family members had tickets to the cup race at mm-hmm. Charlotte, yep. and we went down there. We were in the pits, and I was just walking by, and he was on the pit box, and it, he jumps off the pit box and runs down there, and oh, you yeah. know, just talking to him like I like I've you know yeah we've been uh, hanging out forever. So it was right. like no time had missed at all. You guys are dumb. This sport's dumb. I'm glad I'm out of it. (laughs) We're just like, yeah, you're back. You're back in. So, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, everything was dumb. (laughs) (laughs) But yet he kept doing it, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Everything was dumb, but yeah, he he kept doing it. He'd just go deeper into it. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Barker, Fly Racing, uh, Racer X Podcast, Coy Gibbs. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, it's tough. Like, this one's hitting me a little harder than than other people, you know? I don't know. I didn't know him that well. Like, Wygant was on the Pulp Show last night, and like he said, Wygant said, are we the, you know, are we in the top 1,000 of people that uh, that he knew or affect, you know, probably not, right? Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. Just everybody that hung out with him or met him uh, loves the guy, so. Yeah, I don't know how you couldn't love Coy and, um, you know, like I said, he, he became more of like a family member, especially for me, like I said, spending yeah. so much one-on-one time early on, it was like a, a, a big brother. It wasn't like a boss and, you know, so losing, losing him like that was obviously tough on everybody. So, so, you know, sudden and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like losing your big brother. So I know a lot of the guys, myself, Johnny, um, uh, everybody, you know, talked to Javon a little bit, everybody kind of having a hard time with it mm-hmm. just because of, especially a lot of the original guys when Coy was involved real heavily, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is pretty tough. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for the time, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're doing well. And, uh, yeah, I pre- appreciate you. I just, uh, you know, it was a spur of the moment thing to get, get you to do this. So I really, really appreciate the time. And yeah, he was, he was a great guy, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Mathis. I appreciate it. Thanks to Patrick Barker for those words. And, uh, yeah, certainly somebody goes back to the start of the uh, JGR uh, MX experience with Coy. Some funny stuff in there as well. And uh, next up to uh, talk about our friend Coy and uh, share some memories is a guy that I've become really good friends with over the years and was maybe the closest person to Coy that I know. Um, and uh, really stoked to have a good friend of mine. He used to own NFAB uh, truck accessories, and uh, now um, he just – Drives his trophy truck around the desert. So it's great to have Thomas Victor on the show. What's up, Thomas? How are you, man? I'm pretty good, man. It's uh, We'll say it's been a tough go the past few days. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, um, <clears throat> But we're staying busy. We're down in, actually in Baja getting ready for the 1,000, doing the homework, mm-hmm. pre-running. And, and uh, the mornings are tough and the evenings are tough. But as long as we stay busy, we're, we're uh, you know, making it through this very you know, difficult time. Well, I feel a little sadness in that I, I knew you were really good friends with Coy. Like I said, probably the, the closest to him out of anybody that I know. And, I, you know, I, you were the first guy I reached out to when I heard the news that there could be something wrong with Coy. And I hope, you know, I hope I, I didn't, you know, wasn't the first guy to kind of tell you or, or ask you about it, which kind of sucks. I feel bad about that. But Oh, you're uh, definitely the first one. And I was, I thought it was you were joking, honestly. And, and I hate to say that, but. Mm-hmm. But uh, as it comes out, but I thought you were joking because I just spoke with Coy the night before about nine o'clock. Right. And uh, as me and uh, Greg Adler, who, you know, is also my friend. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I've had two friends in this, you know, really close, close friends. You got lots of friends in life. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that are really close to you that you talk about your, you know, intimate, not secrets about and talk yeah. business with. Yeah. And, 
all the different things. That's what Coy and Greg are to be. And Coy, uh, you know, had such a great perspective, different perspective on things. He could always give you really, really good advice. So um, I feel like I was, you know, close to him. But, you know, with these things, you just never know. We talked all the time and we went places and did things. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, I really didn't realize until this happened what an impact he's had on my life and what an impact – like thinking about his family and, and, uh, what they're going through has had, you know, the past few days. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I've been able to, to have a little bit of conversation with Heather and, and, uh, got to speak with Ty directly. And, uh, it's just tough. You know, those are the people I know I'm having a hard time dealing with it. Those are the people that I really, mm-hmm. um, want to try to be there for and have strength for because Coy was so special to me. Yeah, yeah, he really was. So you were title sponsor of the NFAB Yamaha team with uh, Chris Bloss and Phil Nicoletti. And and then the next year um, you went over to JGR. Uh, how did you meet Coy? And, and and did you say, like, why does this guy mumble? I can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> how did you become part of Coy's program at JGR? Well, it really started way before – well, maybe not way before, a few years before um, – we did the deal with Alan Brown and, and Infab Tyloom Yamaha, which was with, yeah, like you said, but we also had Canary on there. We did what we could for a lot of privateers, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? At that yep. point and tried to get them on good, good equipment and stuff. So, um, but the funny thing about all that, you know, is I had that going on. Uh, but when I went to the races, I would just go hang out with Coley. I wouldn't even go over to the pits much. Oh, I did. You know I, mean? I thought so, you met him. Like no, nope. when you oh. I met him through Toyota people. I was oh, trying to okay. use Coy's influence mm-hmm. to impact my business through Toyota because they were sponsored by Toyota. Mm. So we had a conversation once. Just oh, you go further back. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is like probably 2009. Yep. And I had a conversation with him. I was like, man, I really want to do these OE products. I got you know blah 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 mm-hmm. uh, back when when I was manufacturing, and uh, also had another company that was doing doing business with Toyota directly, but we needed more programs. You can never have enough. So Koi goes, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to introduce you to people. Mm-hmm. So, so, and that's what we did. Whenever there was a, a higher up at a supercross, mainly Anaheim's, he mm-hmm. would introduce me and we, we'd carry on a conversation and all these, all this kind of business stuff happens through relationships. Koi knows that better than anybody. Um, so that's where it really started. And then we just became friends because I mean, we're the same type people, mm-hmm. you know I mean? older well let's say midlife guys balding <laughs> wearing a hat every day you know what i mean <laughs> so and a, and a hoodie and, yeah. and uh, shorts you know i wear shorts but he always wear but uh that's one thing that's interesting about koi is with all his influence and everything he had access to he just wore the same black <laughs> flex fit hat everywhere he went all, yeah. i like when, when uh when james stewart went to the team and i saw koi because i guess he had the do a speech and I saw him on TV or whatever. I was yeah. like, what the, <laughs> or on wherever I saw him. Yeah. That was the first time I'd seen him without his hat on. Patrick, so, uh, uh, Patrick yeah. told us he would never go to the NASCAR Christmas party. It was all like too, it was too dressy, too formal. He just would never go to the NASCAR Christmas party, but the motocross Christmas party, yeah, he, he'd be, no problem. He'd show up with his hat and the sweatshirt. The Christmas party, I went to a couple, and they yeah. were a good time. Right, know, right. People. It, was, <laughs> it was more coy speed, apparently. Yeah, yeah, really. He was a motocross guy. He just he was a dirt bike guy. That's that's it, right? I, I believe so. I yeah. mean, 
as far as what he had a passion for, he has a passion for, for all the racing. Um, obviously he loved NASCAR and all that, but, but he really gravitated to, to motocross for whatever reason he didn't ride, which, you know, you would think somebody that was really into it like myself, I still mm -hmm. try yep. to ride as much as I can to, today to stay in shape, but, but, uh, he didn't ride, but he really had a love. And I think part of it was because he likes building things, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's semi trailers and outfitting them all up or, or it's a, a factory Suzuki or the factory Yamaha that they built, you know what I mean? As with all the carbon fiber and everything on it. I don't know if you remember that in yeah, uh, 2009, yeah. mm -hmm. he suspension and gadgets and tools. And that's coy. If you go to his house, he has a toolbox. That's the size of a Volkswagen van. <laughs> I mean, it's a ginormous <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. And then he has this other cabinet that looks like he could open that cabinet and start selling polishes and, and all this. <laughs> he has so much of this stuff. And I'm like, what do you do with all that? He just wants to try it all out and see how it works. Right. And, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he was my what? guy that way for sure. Well, and you, you know, you, you went on vacations with him, right? You, you did all yeah. sorts of business deals with him. You were part of the JGR MX team for a long time with Phil and, uh, and everybody else. Um, what was well, I don't know if you remember, but we went over to the motocross to nations. He's like, I don't, I don't have any interest in going. He, right. But he goes, if you'll go, I'll go. Well, he, he doesn't. He didn't have any interest in going because he had to go to Toronto once, and they checked his laptop. And you would have thought that it was a. They invaded his his whole entire life. He was so upset about the Canadian customs looking at his laptop. <laughs> well, can't speak to that. But we we yeah. had a good time. You know, two grown men stuffing ourselves into like that. Just married. You know, where you get a diesel standard car right. and we're trucking across, you know, France together. That's that's one of the memories that uh, um, really sets in me is like we just because we had some alone time and all that. We talked about a lot of different things and it was it's stuff that I'll miss. Look, this is going to sound weird, but Coy was the guy with a couple other close friends of mine that I felt like I was going to grow old with. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that's that's why yeah. it really I mean, I'm being selfish when I say that, you know, because it's about about me. But but honestly, it's just about who he was and how we interacted. And and uh, he would bust everybody else's balls. But we didn't have that kind of dynamic with me and him. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a, a nice friendship. And sometimes I felt like he liked other people more because he would bust their balls and not mine. But that's, <laughs> you know, maybe my own issue. Um. You guys, he was stoked at the MXDN because he could sell merch. He was very excited to sell merch. He, well, yeah, I think I think that was one of his things where he was always talking about how we he couldn't sell at the Supercrosses, right? Mm -hmm. It was it was really a, a thorn in his butt, and he thought that that was unfair and everything else. So when he decided uh, that, yeah, we're going to go to Motocross Donations, I, I don't know how many T-shirts he printed, <laughs> but he brought boxes and boxes of T-shirts, and then only a few of them really sold. Yeah. So then he was like, I was like, what are you going to do with all this? He's like, I don't know. We're going to give it away to somebody. <laughs> not going back with me. It's not, he's not taking it back. Well, because no. he underestimated this, the, the, the uh, European sizes being smaller people in general, right? That I don't remember, but yeah. that's, that's uh, yes. But it was, it was just funny how at the end it's like, yeah, he sold some T-shirts, but he sure brought over <laughs> overcooked it a little bit. He told me that he didn't have enough smalls. He needed smalls for the Europeans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was very angry that he missed. He didn't understand that the Americans were a little uh, fluffier, as, as generally speaking, right? So Yeah, but Coy never complained. You know what I mean? You knew things were like, ah, but he, yeah. you know. 
never really complained about, okay, I did all this and did whatever. He's just like, okay, yeah, you know, hey, it didn't work out. It's fine. No problem. We'll move on to the next thing. Yeah. He, he, uh, I was, I told the story that, you know, we needed, we had a sponsor pull out of the pulp show early on and Watson did a deal with him to give us some money for the JGR oil. And I don't think he really cared about it one way or another. And he actually helped us in the early years with the oil sponsorship, but his only thing he wanted was to punch Watson in the shoulder as hard as he could. <laughs> Otherwise he was I've not going to, yeah, yes. he was not going to give us a check. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What about the dream, the Toyota dream truck build you guys did? Well, that was, yeah, that was kind of collaboration. Uh, and, and that's this is Coy. I'm so he does these renderings and all that, and he's going, I'm gonna build this thing. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll help in any way that I can if I need to come there. And I think I did come there once. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, he was, you know, he had Spencer do all this special stuff, and we we kind of collaborated and had meetings, and and it started going. And then he got he got three quarters of the way in. He's like, man, you got to help me with this thing. So <laughs> so he took one of the team trucks. I don't know if you know the story. He took one of the team trucks. That had the long bed, yeah. and he bolted it to the long bed, and he told Spencer, Spencer, get in that thing and go to Texas, and they're going to finish this thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> sent it to Texas. We finished it, and it was a ball buster. But I think I think at that point, uh, Coy, you know, kind of understood how I operated, and I just wasn't mm-hmm. going to fail. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we had lots of conversations, lots of fun with this thing, and uh, I think we were all very proud of that project. And very proud of the fact that, uh, and it was a Toyota promotion overall, right? Yep. yep. But, but we went to SEMA and uh, you know won that Dream Build thing, and and uh, you know it's it's another very fond memory. And I hope I hope he looked at you know I mean you'd have to ask Jeremy or or one of those guys what he thought on his side, but mm-hmm. um, it was cool. No, we it, I really dug it after it's done. And, and matter of fact, I just got the uh, bed back. It's sitting in my garage mahal in texas <laughs> oh okay all right you just, you <laughs> yeah, just yeah. got it back. so yeah another, another thing it talks about you know koi it's like when they when toyota decided that you know hey this thing we don't know how the rear end's gonna hold up i mean you know toyota's all mm-hmm. worried about the legalities of everything they literally shipped it to all the supercrosses because they were worried the rear end that the, the technically wasn't Enough for the heaviness of the bed right, and all of, that of that the, was in there. Yeah. You, have to, you have to look it up. Yeah, you just look up Dream Build Challenge. It'll come up. But it had this big steel bed. I have no idea what it weighed, but it was a bunch. <laughs> um, but um, he – I lost my train of thought there. The uh, the building the truck and uh, getting it to the races, driving – Toyota shipped yeah, it. Yeah, getting to the races. No, yeah, yeah but, but – uh, Nah, I'm lost. It, I guess. Um, you got. You got to excuse me. Yeah, it's been a rough couple of days. Oh, I know. I know. Um, you know, one of the things that's come out since he's passed is, you know, all these stories of helping people. Um, you know, yeah. busting their balls first, and then getting them a doctor, getting them. Uh, you know, helping me with the show early on, uh, recommending um, people to different people to make a connection, like you said, relationships. Like yeah. he he did things quietly. He he never went around yes. did, never went around saying he did this or did that. But he cared about almost everybody and helping everybody out. And, and there's a lot of those stories coming out now. You know. Yeah, and I I can definitely speak to that a little bit. I mean, he's super generous, right? Almost to a point where he makes you feel guilty because I literally have four factory motorcycles set in in my you know yeah garage or whatever that are on display and and they will for never ever leave my possession 
And uh, it is funny because he just got his garage kind of going and, and put together. And he's got he just built this gym and had all the stuff powder coated. And, and I was like, hey, you want these back? Because I kind of consider them on loan because Koi doesn't really tell you, hey, you know, it's, it's all, everything's a mystery a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because wasn't he saying, hey, get didn't he just say to you, hey, get these bikes out of here? Like, yes. Like, so I, yeah, I got I got in my RV and we went and we spent uh, New Year's Eve together. He's like, "Hey, you got you got to come get these things." I, you know, and I was like, "Hey, you don't got to ask me twice." <laughs> so I got in the motorhome and away we went. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And yeah, and and we spent uh, New Year's Eve together and yeah. and uh, yeah, I loaded up two more. I thought I was going to get one. He ended up loading up two. So when you and, said you uh, want them back, what 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 did he say? He said, I'll never want those things back. Oh, okay. That's what he told me. He goes, don't, he goes, I'll never want them back. I, I'm not, I don't want them. I don't want, and it, you know, it's, he wasn't into his own memorabilia at all. It's, yeah. You know, with all the things that he did, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which everybody knows, he just was a very private person, but, but he's different in a way that, that he's private, but he's outgoing. Right. But we would go to the NASCAR race. I went went to you know some races with him, obviously, and and uh, I would he would like push me into the pit box, and then he'd go stand over in the corner and just watch. <laughs> and I'm like, he yeah. wouldn't go up there with me, you know, with the right. other fans or whatever. And yeah. I'm digging it. I love it. It's yeah. the best thing ever, right? As they're coming in the pits and doing all this stuff, and he's just I turn around, he's just standing over there by himself, just looking. I mean, just. You know what I mean? So I, I was busting on him a little while ago. I said this was maybe a year ago. the The president of JGR was speaking about something, and then Joe was around. This this was I don't know what was going on. There was some NASCAR controversy, and literally they spoke to everybody but Coy about JGR and the rules and the car. Maybe that new car. I don't remember. And I and I busted him. I said, "What? Like what? They don't let you speak?" And then he said, "I don't want to talk to anybody." <laughs> nice, yeah. I, you know, it's, I got to spend some uh, time with him talking about these things that mm-hmm. are, you know, not to really be spoken of, and how he viewed things. I, he would bounce things off of me, mm-hmm. and it always made me super proud. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this guy's got access to all these people. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm smart-ish. We'll say, <laughs> you know, done well in this world, right. but but I'm not the smartest guy. There's people that are way more articulate than yeah. me, but. But somehow he would he would want it, want it and I, that's something I'll miss, you know, for the rest of my life is just yeah. you know because I would do the same with him. He yeah. has such a different perspective on things, and he, and some of his stuff is kooky. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh, he he's, he there. had some theories, yeah. Thomas. He had some yeah, theories. He had some theories. <laughs> but uh, but the worst part about it is he'd have some theories when you first heard it. You're like, wow, that <sighs> makes no damn sense. But then he would he would talk to you about it, and it. Always kind of made a more sense <laughs> as he talked about it. So, it, look, this guy was such a special dude. Yeah, that it's just hard to put into words. I mean, it really is mm-hmm. because of how how um, well he carried himself and and you know uh, he, how he how he lived his life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know because he was super faith based, faith based family, as you know, and Coy yep. was, but but he didn't judge people for what they believed or whatever. He would. He wouldn't try to push his beliefs on anybody. You would never know, you know, how how strong of a faith he had. But but uh, he was really and, – and I like being around him because it made me a better person. You know, I mean, we all got issues, right? Mm-hmm, and we're all, mm-hmm. But Coy just seemed to to be able to, to work in this realm of all these different uh, people and, you know – you know, Republican, Democrat, all the all the stuff that goes on with 
with running a big organization like that and, uh, you know, was never at a loss for words and, and uh, always spoke people, you know, kindly and respected you and no matter what you thought. And he was just well, wanted – he didn't care about being liked so much. <laughs> he, he didn't. He really didn't, I don't think. But but he did he did want people to be happy and wanted people to to feel like he was their friend and wanted people you know it just it's it's just a like I'm gonna think hard about this moving forward because I want to be more like Coy. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, I, I wrote it and I said it. He, you know, he comes. He's the son of a Super Bowl winning coach. He he, he the, a, a ginormous successful NASCAR operation. He didn't go around telling people that. He didn't go around flaunting anything. He didn't, you know, he grew up with a silver spoon. Let's face it. He played football. He went to Stanford. He got, he drove NASCAR for a little bit. You would never know from him. He never. No. He, you would never know this. You would just think he's a guy in a fle- black flex fit hat, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> you know. That was the cool part of Coy. You know, right. he just wouldn't uh-huh. fall victim to that. It's no. like, he's, he's, yeah, he's not special. He just feels like, but, but at the end of the day, he was very special. Um. I think he would. I'm not a religious guy, as you know, and uh, so I don't really know. Like, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But if he, if I think he would enjoy if he's up there listening to us all laugh and tell stories, which is what we've been doing this whole podcast and Monday Night Show and everything else, and on text and everything. You know, um, thank God, Thomas, you stopped him from the gourmet hot dog stand. Well, I didn't really stop him. I just kind of suggested, <laughs> I just suggested I, guess, I don't know if you know the story about that. So me and Phil and him, we go to the super high-end restaurant, right, in Charlotte, over there in Mooresville. No, in Mooresville or whatever, yeah. down the street, and have this um, late lunch or whatever. And he orders this hot dog. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? Is he ordering a hot dog? So he orders this hot dog. And then he starts telling me and, me and Phil about, hey, yeah, I'm going a, I'm to a do – I'm going to make gourmet hot dogs. I'm going to open up a gourmet hot dog restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, that's the worst idea. Nobody wants a hot dog. So, yeah. so then a few days later, he calls me and he goes, hey, I'm cooking up some gourmet. He went to the butcher and had some <laughs> gourmet hot dogs made, and he's making them for his family, and it made him sick as shit. <laughs> so, he called me. I'm, I'm not going to the horm- gour- gourmet not, hot dog business. Not doing the gourmet hot dog business hot anymore. Hot dog restaurant, yeah. Right right, right, right. Hot dog restaurant, right. And you were like, what do you yeah. – what? Why would you do that? Um, he, he, yeah, what about the – you also told me uh, at his house he had art. He liked art, but he didn't really know anything about art, right? No, he would – he. I, yeah, his he's got lots of art. Now I don't know anything about art. Right, I can't really speak to it. Uh huh. He liked it, but it's it's uh, I don't even know what kind of art it is. But it's it's like when when you got a, a woman and it looks like a some sort of Egyptian whatever. And, <laughs> but it wasn't just one type of art. He just for some reason liked that kind of thing. I, I yeah. Percent because I just don't know anything about it, but he thought he still got art everywhere. It's it's uh yeah, uh, maybe maybe one day I could uh, get a piece of that art. Yeah, yeah. I remember you you were you told me one time that he was like, I don't know. They say it's it's worth a lot of money, but I I don't know. I don't I don't see it. I have no idea. Yeah, but I just I, hey look, I appreciate the fact that he would because he spent a lot of time searching that searching for the art and yeah. trying to buy it and of course get a deal on it you know what i mean and <laughs> and hope it but but that's one of the things that he really enjoyed was yeah you know, paintings yeah. paintings and different kinds of art <laughs> i just he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy but he was he doesn't yeah. strike me either no. at all you would think that's what 
that's the beauty of Koi and the uniqueness of Koi is that, mm-hmm. that he had these things that uh, he, he loved, but you would never know it and you would never guess it when you saw him walk into a room with his you know hat and hoodie. <laughs> right, right, exactly, right. How about his battles with Yamaha over the years and Suzuki and just he built the shock, he did you know all this stuff. He just, like you couldn't, you know, in our sport, the OEMs could have the purse strings and the bikes and the money, and Coy just did not like that. He just did not like being told what he could do on his team. You know, you got to give him credit for at least trying and, oh, and yeah. uh, putting a putting a hundred ten percent effort into it, whether you know, and all the money it needed to to really try to find you know that that edge. Yeah, that's that's what he looked at racing was is is you know just trying to find that edge. So. Um, I don't think anybody realizes how much. Well, Jeremy obviously does, and the team obviously does. But yeah. but laymen like myself, you know, you could just see he put a lot of time and effort and money into to giving them all the tools to try to succeed. And I think, you know, talking about JGR, you know, the timing of that was just bad timing. You know, what I mean, just because of the motorcycle where it was and all that. And that's my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. I feel like they had the organization to win championships. It's just. You know, things sometimes go your way and things sometimes uh, don't as far as what the manufacturers mm-hmm. are giving you. So um, I don't think he falls for them. He just didn't like the politics that uh, – or he didn't like one person in general. <laughs> did, you, did, you guys, did you guys battle at over – Yeah, at Yamaha. Did you guys battle over Phil? Like because you were helping that program and then he was bringing Phil in as a Phil. Uh, you know, like what, did you guys ever like battle over that? No, it was, uh, you know <laughs> – I don't know if I should speak to it or not, but, but honestly, the Phil being a uh, fill in writer yeah. was kind of my concept because okay. of the football thing and everything. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but it was more about me trying to sell Coy on the fact that Phil's a good investment and, and yeah, it's, yeah. I'm going to give you this much. And it's going to cost you way more, <laughs> but, but we can do this fill in thing. And, and it'll, you know, so it was, that was, yeah. that was me trying to sell him. That was, early-ish, you know, I mean, before we really uh, became tight, but uh, but, and he did, and, and I saw something in Phil, because Phil works hard. Yep. Once Coy saw that, then obviously Phil was off the races, and, and that whole thing as as uh, a concept was a success. It, it really was, yeah. Yeah, no, Phil spoke about how he Coy never got any mad at him, that mad at him, because he didn't pay him enough money to get mad at him for his results. Right. So, <laughs> well, that, well, I don't know. We would have conversations about Phil on that, too. It's like, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, it's like there's a certain there's a certain few that make a shit ton of money and everybody else is, yeah. is uh, you know, not. And Bill's just more vocal about it than most. Right. Right. So it's, uh, it's a tough one, man. Yeah, we're going to we're going to miss him, uh, especially you, Thomas. I feel I feel really bad for got good friends of mine like you and like J-Bone that, you know, were much closer to him than I than I was. Um, um, and. and it's all of, and you know, he's right around our age too. And that you're just like, what? You're that's, that's not supposed to happen. And it does, it does hit home. And, and, you know, he had the access to the best of everything. And, and, uh, and that's what, you know, I'm struggling with a lot. It's like, you know, how does that happen? Yep. Um, like that. And, but, but the, what I find comfort in is that, you know, he was faith based. He's with his brother in the Lord now. And, right. Well, you know, look, yeah. look, and, and I got some, comforting words from his wife too that uh, if coy could have wrote a script on how he goes out that's how he went out 
that's too a, early, sure. Mm-hmm. But but and that's straight from from Heather. That that's how he would want to go out, just like that. You know what I mean? Right. With, with no fanfare. Now, if he saw his his likeness on everything that that I saw it on, yeah, he'd be like, yeah. what the hell? This is not me. I mean, y'all <laughs> stop that. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he'd probably do what you said, mumble off in the corner, not you know, not really say much about it. No, but, yeah. But he, it would not. He would not. He does not want that. Or, but but I'm happy uh that he did get that because he's it's very deserving you know what i mean it's it's uh and it's deserving from a man at his core not from what he tried to portray himself to be and that's mm-hmm. impressive and rare in these, these these days he was a good guy man um yeah absolutely uh thanks for doing this i appreciate it um have fun down there honestly honestly it. this is the best i've felt in in days okay well that's good so yeah it, it it's uh I appreciate you doing this because to be able to talk about them and laugh about it because, you know, you read something or you see something and it, you just break down. But, but, uh, I, I really appreciate you doing this and, and, uh, I hope, you know, everybody says a prayer for the family and, uh, you know, cause those are the ones that need the support right now. And, and, um, yeah, thanks for letting me speak to Coy in a way that, that, uh, I hope brings light to people and, and uh, so if you ever see his name or hear about him, you just know that was a good dude. Absolutely. Well said. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. Back to Baja. See ya. See ya. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.